What is good, everybody? It's your boy, Mr. Fantastic, back here with episode four of the Fantastic Hip Hop Podcast. As usual, I'm joined by my beautiful co-host, Mr. Anthony Justice. Now, Anthony, what's popping? Brand new whip just popped in. Get the uh, fuck off! Get the fuck off of my show. <laughs> um, you know, um, we're back here. You know, four episodes in. First of all, I just want to look back at episode three success. We didn't reach the charts in the U.S. this time, but I'm pissed came, off about it. I'm, I'm a little annoyed about it, too, but we came close. We were like 230 or something out of 200. But what happened? We went top three in New Zealand, New Zealand so, represent. And, and we were also in like the 60s in Saudi Arabia. So shout out to my New Zealanders. Shout out to my Saudi Arabians. You guys are great people when we go on our world tour once, you know, this whole fiasco, pandemic, whatever the fuck you want to call it's over. We will be coming there. We'll be signing your shirts. We'll be giving you hugs and kisses, you know. New we'll Zealand, be, we coming. We coming. We coming. We're, we're coming live. But, um, you know, on a more serious note, last week on our live episode, we did talk about DMX's critical health condition and how we were rooting for him to pull out. And unfortunately, and this broke my heart, Anthony's heart, so many others' hearts, DMX was lost this Friday, and it was devastating. I was, you know, as New York people, as people who are from the Yonkers area, we were heartbroken. We were devastated. And, and just, as, just as rap fans. Just as, exactly. Just as people. I mean, you know. Anybody that, that really, you know, valued... I mean, life, I guess, in general. But anybody that was really a big hip hop fan, especially this, an older person, this is hit home. Know who DMX is? Yeah. And it's it's going to hit home. This this hit home. This was really sad. I mean, this guy was a father. He was a hip hop pioneer. He's a legend. He's done so much for so many different things beyond music. And I mean, wow, this is someone who I always kind of looked at almost in the same light as Kobe Bryant in the sense that no matter what this guy's been through, no matter what mud he's going to get thrown at, he's invincible. So for this to happen, it really just takes you by storm and it shows you that you got to take everything, you know, take everything as is. You got to live in the moment. You got to cherish every single second, no matter how insignificant it may seem, because nothing is promised. And I just want to thank DMX and I want to send prayers out to his family, but I want to thank DMX again for everything he's taught the world, the music he's given, the legacy he's left. You will be missed and you will be remembered. Rest, but, in, peace. Um, rest in peace, legend. But now we are going to, you know, as DMX would say, the show is going to go on. The dogs are barking. We're doing this episode for him. Can I get a roof? Can I get a roof? Roof? <laughs> Listen, DMX, I hope you're probably angry at how bad that was, but we tried. We tried. But we are going to we're going to be talking about now Brock Hampton's sixth studio album, Roadrunner, which dropped this Friday. And a lot of people loved it. I loved it. And it actually was the first album I shed tears to since Kids See Ghosts or Swimming. Swimming, because swimming came out after, but so literally since 2018, I have not actually cried to an album while listening to it. Came close with Igor in 2019, but I didn't cry, at least not on first listen. When I heard What's the Occasion on the song, the ninth track, and that beat switch, and then Jabba, his hook, his vocals, everything, you know, just got high-pitched. It was just beautiful, the way everything transitioned, the guitar. I was like, this is fucking beautiful music, especially 
after all of the pain I went through the day prior, because I didn't even touch the album because I was so devastated by DMX's loss. I couldn't, I wasn't in a headspace to listen to music, but hearing this, I, I just felt healed. I felt cleansed. I feel at peace for, you know, that's a feeling that music does make me feel a lot, but I love the album. I gave it an 8.4, which as I was saying, you know, last week we gave Haram an eight out of 10. So we have back-to-back eight streaks going for the weeks, which is very rare in the fantastic hip hop world. I love the album, but Mr. Justice, Anthony, Mr. You know, whatever beard man. I, that's what some people call you now in the live they stream. Really call chats. Beard man? They call you all everything. I'm I don't considering know. Considering shaving it. Really? Well, we'll put yeah. that as a poll. Should Anthony shave his beard? So be sure to vote on that on the story. But what were your thoughts on Brock Hampton's Roadrunner? Um, so I was never a big fan of Brock Hampton. Um, and I never, I didn't, I never expected this album to live up to the saturation days. But I, honestly, I just want to cut in. I, so you say you're not a fan. So did, do you not like them? No, Are they just not for you or do you think they're bad? No, it's not for me. I think they're incredibly artistically creative, which is where I value them at. Um, it's not music for me per se, but I will say that I, I did listen and I enjoyed the album. Something that I was more excited about was... This album got me really, really excited for an ASAP Rocky project. Me too. Um, w. Two back-to-back really great tracks with ASAP Rocky. He and, bodied and- that shit. ASAP Ferg, yeah. our boy, too, was going at it. I loved that ASAP song with Brockhampton. It was the fourth track. What was it? It was called Change Up or what was it called? Someone. Yeah. I think right, let, let, let's, get the, let's get the studio guy, Um, you know, backstage where, technology yeah. guy. But just pretend we have a guy. Jamie, can you look that up for us, oh, please? Count, bankroll. Bankroll was the song for our people at home looking. But, um, you know, ASAP Rocky, ASAP Ferg, Brockhampton, the boy. Count on you, the other one. They made a banger. And it was a weird album in the sense that it started off so vibrant, so fun, and so creative. Like the first songs, it was just back to back to back punches. You get Danny Brown, Kevin Abstract, Who Let the Dope Boys Out?, then wow. you get JPEG Mafia and Brockhampton on the next track. You get a Wu Tang sample. Shit is going berserk. And then you get Rocky. And then you the all the other boys are going off. Joba, JPEG Mafia that showed champion. Out too. And then Ferg is spitting his ass off. And then after those first four tracks, I'm like, oh my God, this is so sad. I'm about to fucking cry. We're talking about, you know, Joba Joba's talking about the loss of his father. There is some sad shit being talked about on this record. Wow. I mean. It really, really did like hit home. Like I really, you know, this was an emotional transcending experience. Now, Mr. Anthony, um, you know, what were your thoughts on the more emotional second half of the record? I'm not a, I'm not a crier on a lot of albums. You may be, but I just feel, I feel the warmness inside. I don't know if I've ever cried to an album, but um, I think that it does touch on a lot of really emotional topics. And as you said earlier, uh, swimming was something that really got me close. Um, what was it called? Yeah, swimming, when swimming track. came out, when I heard 2009, like once you got like the album was just leading up to something that was going to shatter my heart. And like, I remember hearing 2009 for the first time and I was like, what the fuck is the meaning of life? Like I <laughs> like I, I didn't even like know what swimming to do with myself. Tough like that and that song can still make me cry if you catch me in the right emotion like that shit hits but nah this album it really had two like tear jerking moments 
what's the occasion, the second half, and then the outro track. The That's what I was going to say. Was what's, the, what's the occasion was the song yeah. that, if anything was going to, it was going to be that song. But, um, and damn, man, that shit was, that shit was beautiful. <laughs> Is that super beautiful? One of the, one of the <laughs> highest rated albums in fantastic hip hop blog history, which the website opened up in June of 2019, about mid June. So we missed out on some big albums like run the jewels for Alfredo. They were never reviewed, but it is up there, I think, in the top 10 highest reviewed albums. So, um, again, shout out to Brock Hampton. That's a big accomplishment. I'm excited for the second one this year. I think that they have something big planned. And yeah, they said, I mean, this was the start of their retirement tour, which I, you know, I stated in my review. They have two albums left, Kevin Abstract said. So, and that's what I'm saying. That, it's a big year that, for the boys. I think that this is, this was a, a good start. And I'm not saying this is a bad album, but I think that they, if they have two in the back pocket, I think the second one's going to be better. They're going to, you know, the, the which is typical, which is typical Brockhampton fashion. You know, these dudes, I mean, there's so many of them, they can mass produce great shit, which is what they did in 2017. They took the summer by storm with saturations. But I do agree. I think they come in with a punch and they're going to throw a bigger one. That's what they did. I think they gradually got better. Well, not gradually, but I think two was the best, but they were constant punches. There was reasons, you know, to put one over the other, you know, you ask someone what the best saturation is, it could differ. But yeah, I definitely think, especially because this will be their farewell album, it's going to be huge. Maybe we'll even see, you know, the return of Amir Vaughn. I doubt that. I don't know. Could be. Maybe that's the big thing. But I mean, they did kick him out for sexual allegation, sexual assault. Yeah, uh, I don't know. think that would be very smart for the group. Um, you never know. But there's, you know, the, the possibilities are endless for this next record because this one was fucking amazing. But I got to say, what did you rate or what would you rate the album out of 10? I'm not a, I'm not paid for my opinion. Like you are Mr. Fantastic, but I would go, uh, you're paid. I'd go you're, paid I'd, you're, you're paid for looking good. Yeah. <laughs> so what were you um, back to the rating? You know, I would go with a strong seven. Um, maybe a little bit higher, maybe a, a solid eight. Ooh. Um, Just cracking that eight territory. Now, As, and that's once again, as somebody that's not really, I, I enjoyed the album and that's from somebody that's not really a Brockhampton guy. Yeah. Um, it exceeded my expectation. However, it still did not touch some of those saturations. So, um, yeah, and I didn't really expect it to. Well, but. I, yeah, I think that's, I mean, again, that's pretty close to mine. I thought you were going to be a little harsher on it. Actually, you know, some of the conversations we've had prior to the yeah. recording of this episode, but I can see, you know, I gave her a little, I gave her a little re-listen. I think I moved it up from maybe yeah. a light to a, mid to a it's strong. A, it's a transcending experience. But don't I don't hold me on it because this could change. It's new in a, in a week. Yeah, the thing's the thing with the when I rate albums, like I've rated things and then changed rankings and like Mister Fantastic, like you rated this this. Yeah, but like when I do these ratings, it's a ballpark. So like I gave the album an eight point four out of ten could jump up to like an 8.6 in two weeks maybe it jumps down to like an 8.2 like it's just a ballpark rating so these things are always you know subject to change but having that initial rating the initial review after you know a couple hours a couple listens i think is one of my favorite parts of what i do in general but mr justice what is your album of the year so far obviously you're not as much as a loser as me and consumes all the garbage but you listen to a lot of music yourself so i'm curious to see what album do you think is album of the year? And is it Roadrunner? You're putting me on the spot right now, but um, it's been a really, really, really slow year. 
It's starting um, to pick up, though. I'm getting happy now. It is starting to pick up. Well, I'll just get, like, in another drought now. Like, we just got, like, the, the arm and hammer. I'm trying to think of what are the, the top ones for you right now. My tops would be arm and ha- – well, Brockhampton. You know what? It's this. Haram. Or it's or it's uh, the Plugs MX2. It's a good – Plugs was good. Conway's dropping a new album on the, th- the 30th, I think he said, or the 23rd. Oh. But he's dropping a new album. It's not like it probably will just be another like solid Conway album. But we're really we're waiting from for that um God don't make mistakes. That's gonna be insane. They're just his shady records album, and then they're done with the shady deal Griselda. But that album's gonna be insane. But we are going to move on to something that kind of relates to 2021 music in general. We just talked about album of the years. Who do you think is going to produce? you know, the next great album going forward. Obviously, you know, Brock Hampton, Billy Woods, Benny the Butcher have been some of the big names so far. Who do you think are going to be the three rappers, not one, not two, but three, that will end up taking over the rest of 2021? So this could be through multiple albums, whatever. Who do you think? You said rappers or producers? Rappers. If Kendrick Kendrick drops, it's... it's, This is a guessing game at this point on whether or not they drop. I mean, TDE teased us with the Isaiah Rashad Zazun thing a couple of weeks yes. ago. No, that's going to be my second guy. Don't worry about that. I'll mention <laughs> Isaiah Rashad. Everybody knows I'm a big Isaiah Rashad fan. Isaiah Rashad, Kendrick Lamar. And you ready for it? Are you ready for it? I'm ready. J. Cole. Give well, it to me. So now I'm going to ask you a question. If I'm father, if I'm, if I'm the universe, and I'm saying you bet those three rappers, would you bet them on your life? That no. they're gonna say no. so. So see, it's a risk. So now let's go to a more realistic realm. Who okay, do you think? On. Who do you okay. think? If you're saying I had to put your life's on the line, you know this is hit or miss. You hit, you can stay on the earth. The but- thing is, I'm not putting my money on anybody. It also depends on who I think is dropping. So, like for example, if Ye's dropping, following this breakup, oof, give me. But I don't think Ye will drop. I don't think Ye will drop this year. Um, yeah, I I'll take Cole over ASAP, unless ASAP and ASAP gave me something in this Brock Hampton album. If Tyler drops, drops this year though, I don't think he does either. Yeah, and if Tyler drops, which I also don't think he drops this year, I know he's been on two two out uh two years years. per album. I could see it changing this year, but that's what I'm saying. You never know. You never know. And I mean, if Tyler's dropping, I'll take Tyler over over Cole on just this future album. But because um, I've seen steady improvement. But after that, who who else are you going to take over Cole? Now, my picks are realistic picks. I would bet my life on these guys. But you wouldn't, are you wouldn't, you wouldn't bet your life on, on Kendrick? No, because I don't think he's going to drop. I don't think he's going to drop. I'm, I'm saying in a realistic world. Oh, in a realistic world. I have to bet my light on, life on him dropping. Yeah. So, like, obviously, okay, we so know yeah. if they drop, gonna... like, you know, all the guys you said are going to be great. But, you know, are they going to drop, which is a big factor of this, you know, equation of this hypothetical. I'm going to take those three. I'm feeling com- – unless I'm forgetting somebody. I'm taking those three and I'm confident about it. My three? Yeah. I actually have – I have four. I'm going to go three. Honorable mention to Drake. My other oh. three, though, oh. are going to be Mr. Gangster Freddie Gibbs. West Side Gun and Pusha T. All right. 
I think those three guys are going to take over the rest of 2021. If Pusha T drops, he's definitely over. Push season. He he said he's got something in the works. I I have faith Especially that he will release music. If it's Push Lib, I'll take him over. I don't I don't think we're gonna get that this year, but we're gonna get some sort of Pusha T album. Okay, so yeah, I'm I'm sticking with my three. Who was the other guys? You said Freddie Gibbs. You said Pusha T. Who's and West Side Gun. Oh, and I was pissed about Drake, Miss Mr. Cold Street. Mr. I think, Cold Street? I think certified. I think he's going to bounce back. He had the Scary Hours 2. was very promising. I think this could be his bounce back. So was the best in the world pack, and so was Scary Hours 1. Scary Hours 1 had God's plan, which sucked. As popular as it was, it was a sellout record. He seemed passionate in what he was doing this year. I'm going to take my money on Mr. Drizzy, Mr. Alberry. But, I'm you know, I just – I like I like posing. What, Cole doesn't? Cole doesn't seem confident? I don't know with Cole. I don't know the deal with him. I think – I don't know if he drops. I don't know if a lot of these guys are going to drop. I think Drake realistically is going to drop. I don't think Cole – I don't know. It's a toss-up with a lot of these guys. And I think if they – you're, you're not taking Isaiah Rashad over any of those two guys? I don't think he's going to drop. As much as TDE can, as much as TDE is going to poke soon, I just don't have faith in these guys actually releasing the music. If there's any one guy I'm putting all of my money – it's actually no, because West Side Gun is guaranteed to drop every year. But if there's any one guy that hasn't dropped in multiple years that I'm going to put my money on, I'm going to sell the house on, I'm going on Isaiah Rashad. That's bold. But, you know, I just I think it's interesting to pose these questions, especially as the year heats up and we're starting to get more high-profile releases, more great albums. So I think it was just interesting. So um, I guess we'll see who gets to stay on the universe later on in the year. So, you know, enjoy this year because it'll probably be your last because you're betting on Isaiah Rashad, who hasn't dropped since we were in, like, middle school. But, um, yeah. And what happens What happens if I do win the bet? Yeah. You become what? Drake. You become Drake. Perfect. So now we have a deal. If he doesn't drop this year, I'm off the podcast. And if he does, I become – this beard becomes a beautiful, beautiful beard the size of Drake's. And I'll put a little shape of the heart shaved into my head. Like a normal person. And then you have a son that looks nothing like you. So, you know, it's cool. He's a hoopa, though. You saw that? He's a hoopa. I saw. I saw. Yeah. Must be those porn star genetics. But, um, you know. Oh, 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 oh my God. <laughs> We're, this episode is not sponsored by Drake. So I could say whatever I want about him this time. But we are going to be going on to a new sort of segment in the podcast. Song matchups. Yes. Sound effects. insert. So. Usual, you know, Anthony being the trickster, he is the procrastinator, the daydreamer, Ooh. the mind bender shifter. This kid, this guy, this man, this great individual is always posing hypotheticals of, you know, what song is better than what. And in the spirit of March Madness, which just wrapped up, obviously now we're in April, but the competitive fire is still burning in Anthony. It always is burning. He's going to list us off some songs. And we're going to say what's better. And guess what? You can play at home right now. You go on the Fantastic Hip Hop Instagram, and there's going to be some polls so we can see what the community thinks is better, and you can voice what you think is better. So Mr. Anthony, Mr. Justice, Mr. Justice League, maybe. I don't know. Mr. Zack Schneider. I don't know. Whatever the hell they call you these days. Whatever the youth in the Fantastic Live. Zack Schneider? You. Yeah, the Snyder Cut of the Justice League. You know. Yeah, yeah. Okay. You know. Um, but um, give us the songs. Throw us at them. Look, so let me just break this down a little bit. I feel like in this community, we focus a lot on 
putting albums up against each other and artists up against each other. What we don't do a whole lot of is putting songs up against each other because they're kind of tough, right? It's, it's a, a little debate. bit more subjective. It's a little bit more, you know, this, it's, it's harder to say that. You're dissecting a smaller piece of art. So it just, I feel like it shrinks, you know, it makes it so much tougher to really decipher, oh, this Kanye song on his best album is better than this song or, you know. So Muse is better, or no, that's an album, but yeah, you get what I'm but saying. Drake. See, I, I think it's a nice little fun game, and we'll see what Mr. Fantastic likes better, you know. Um, so we'll start off nice and I don't even know if it's nice and simple. Tried to make these as hard as possible. 2009 by Mac Miller, off song swimming. we just talked about, and how emotionally tingling it is. Can we say that? Tingling versus Kid Cudi. And Kanye West's Reborn. You really hit home because, you know, this was funny because you made these before Roadrunner came out, but we were just talking about how these were literally the two albums and the two key songs that brought me to tears. I actually made this a while ago. So this I mean, is, this, this is home. I'm going 2009. As I'm going to agree As good as Reborn is, 2009 just has a certain level of emotional vulnerability that nothing can touch and how weak Mac was at that time. It just, it's a feeling you get an atmosphere like no other piece of hip hop music I've ever listened to has. So I'm going 2009. All right. Um, Swimming pools by Kendrick Lamar or earthquake by Tyler. Two bangers, two awesome songs. Taking them on their own. I got to go swimming pools. Both are great. And I definitely, Igor, I mean, Earthquake is definitely the better track sonically. But swimming pools, the story it tells, the way it's able to take this banger, which sounds fun, so appealing to the ear, to the naked ear when you listen to it at a club, a party, on the billboard. This was a big song. And the way it takes this tale and tells it about, you know, juvenile kids drinking the experience it takes you on it's a very relatable tale to many kids growing up you know a lot of us are good kids in terrible cities and we can relate to songs like this so this song is meaningful it sounds great and kendrick nails it out of the park i'm going swimming pools make sure to vote on the on the polls as we go though i'm also going to go swimming pools um in agreement we are in agreement wow so far we're two for two. first we're two for two so first devil in a new dress by kanye west Versus Ain't It Funny by Danny Brown. Ain't It Funny. As good as Devil in a New Dress is, Ain't Devil It Funny. In a new I, knew Devil in a new was, I knew it was going too good to be true. I knew we weren't going to go three in a row. Ain't It Funny is one of the greatest rap songs of all time. It's the height of the chaos on Danny Brown's fourth album, third album, Atrocity Exhibition. And the magnitude it goes in, the production, the abrasive sounds... It literally feels like human insanity. The lyrics talking about addiction, how his life crumbles. It sums up the entire album literally in this one song. And it's one of the greatest pieces of self-examination, of self-destruction that I've ever seen in music. Devil in a New Dress sounds great, but my argument with it against a lot of these top-tier rap songs is that it really is meaningless. And when you're talking about the pinnacle of art, the pinnacle of rap music, pinnacle of anything, you need to have some sort of meaning. Obviously, when you're going into the depth that Danny Brown does talking about a topic that's so so strong, so neat, 
you're going to have a higher ceiling. But even if you're talking about something like Freddie Gibbs or like a Raekwon talks about, you know, I'm rich. I'm going to fucking kill you. I pushed all this weight. I sold cocaine. I did cocaine. It's still more meaningful than, you know, just talking about literally a female and the lust she brings. I'm taking, I'm taking the production and one of the greatest features of all time over and nothing against That's Ain't fair. It Funny, but one of the greatest samples of all time. And I agree. I think it was Mike Dean. The guitar and- solo. Yeah, Mike Dean. Mike Dean produced oh, Mike the song. Dean? I don't know. Mike Dean. I think Mike Dean was the lead guy. Yeah. Um, let's see. Next we have Kanye West's Roses off of Late Registration or Outcast's Miss Jackson. Wow. Two amazing songs. And fun fact, Outcast and Kanye both have songs named Roses, which that could be an interesting segment. Do we do songs with the same name one of these times miss jackson is one of the greatest hit songs of all time across all genres it's one of the greatest rap songs of all time is it it's up there it's gotta be it's one of outcast better songs but roses by kanye is another level of greatness the yes. so I, especially i mean especially this is a relatable topic now as you know we're all mourning the loss of dmx but if you ever lost anyone close to you and you're in frustration that the hospital the medical workers we see how far our society's progressed and we still can't cure things and we still can't do things it makes you question what's really going on is this a scheme for money and kanye poses a lot of the questions on this song and then there's a beautiful beautiful mellow heart-wrenching score to complement it this song is perfection and it might be kanye's best song if i'm being honest i'm taking roses all right, how about Yonkers by Tyler, the Creator, or Friends in Paris? Good songs. Well, The Fellas in Paris. I want to I tell a funny story about friends, associates, co-workers in Paris. Oh, no. Oh, now, Watch the Throne has become some sort of a cursed album in my life. I'm not going to go into detail because I'm not trying to make a, sa- a sob story. But I've been in a car accident while listening to this song. I've actually been in two car accidents while listening to this song. One was just a little bump. The other one was a little more hectic. But, you know, your boy was fine. I'm, I'm a tough kid. I would hope I, I'm standing here before us today. So Of course. I mean, you know, we, we, I made it through the wire just like Kanye. But um, <laughs> I found out a relative passed away when I was listening to this song. And... I know other bad things have happened to me while listening to this song that I can't even recall. So this and Watch the Throne as a whole have just become some sort of a bad luck omen for me. So it's just something that plagues me. And I just thought, you know, I'd add this, you know, just to add some more layers to the mystery of Mr. Fantastic. Is he poo shiesty? What's going on with him? So, you know, I just thought I'd get that out there. But Yonkers is the better song. And I'm not saying that. We went um, on this whole roller coaster for us to go, yes, Yonkers is the better song. Thank you. Well, I just kind of, you know, are, I you, wanted to- are you a fucking walking paradox? No. No, I'm not. Listen, who we're going to do a little poll. Um, Who had impression of the week today? So, so far, I've done a Tyler one. I just said no. And Anthony did a little Tyler one. So, vote who you think was no, better. No, not. Reese's going to fucking try Saratops. There is going to be a lot of polls on this episode so this is a very interactive experience for you guys we really we're engaging with the fans um let's see also i I forgot to say this hold up i'm gonna let you finish 
I forgot to say this, that all proceeds from this episode will be donated to the memoriam of DMX. So, you know, we do good things here. and We, we love DMX and we want to honor him. So just want to put that out there. Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi versus it, Logic's Gang Related. Well, first of all, I just want to shout out Kid Cudi for his performance on Saturday Night Live the other night, paying homage to Kurt Cobain and his dress outfit. Now, while his dress was a little tight and I think Virgil Abloh kind of fucked up the dress and I think he's overrated as a designer, I think that, you know, I just wanted to put that out there and I wanted to commend Kid Cudi for doing that because that was awesome. But Pursuit of Happiness versus Gang Related, that was, what you say, right, Gang Related? This is tough. Gang Related is honestly one of Logic's best songs. Shows him at the peak of his hunger. Great story. Amazing, amazing production. Pursuit of Happiness. We talked about this last week or the week before. It is one of the most meaningful hits in hip-hop history. As good as it is, as fun as it sounds, the dark, chilling message behind it, talking about ambition, mental health, suicidal thoughts, it makes it a real masterpiece, and it really may be Cuddy's best song. So with that, I'm I think going both to have of these to... are both of their best songs. You think? I think I, I think, think Logic, I think Logic is more arguable. I think Cuddy, there's some other picks, but I think this is probably his best song, realistically. His ability to make such a sad message into sort of a happy song those is the, absolutely beautiful. Those I think are like the most brilliant songs when you can have it sound like something and it means the other. I think that just shows the artistical talent of a rapper but i think pursuit of happiness is the better song i obviously you know i just stated why gang related's good it's great but pursuit of happiness is another monster it's a behemoth of a song mr Um, justice what do you think i've had real troubles with this one and which one did you just pick Pursuit of Happiness. That's a flip up because I, I was thinking about this earlier and I was thinking gang related, but the more I think about it, I think it's Pursuit of Happiness. I think I may have to go Pursuit of Happiness. I think I said gang related earlier too. I think it, it's a tough one. There's some of these you could flip on. Some of these I'm very confident in, but yeah, you know, answers, you know, tough. Let's see. Um, ooh, Eminem's Stan versus Nas's I Gave You Power. I gave you power two story two storytelling songs by two of the better storytellers hip-hop's ever seen they're both kind of surface level storytelling tracks in the sense that they don't have a deeper meaning than what they are they're given to you the premise of it on the surface and they do this at the best extent these are like the top tier of these stories that put these right with like dance with the devil by immortal technique when it comes to these straightforward storytelling tracks there's no deep message that you had to decode but it's still so brilliant and it's still so great. I think what really makes these two tracks and what is the big comparable part of them, I think, you know, production wise, they're pretty even. I think overall structure, narrative, they're pretty even. I think the shock value of the ending of both of these songs is what it comes down to. And after hearing the tale of Nas, or the gun, and you end it off with that damn, you know, you just hear Nas go, damn, and the whole song ends. I think that's just it's done so well, it's done so brilliant, and wow, it's actually fucking Stan ends off with Eminem saying damn too, right? Yeah. He goes, damn, yeah, 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 yeah. Who's you? damn. damn, so they both end off with damn, so these songs are very, like, 
super comparable. They literally, they're both so shocking that both rappers literally say damn at the end, which is funny, but I'm going to go, I gave you power. I'm going to go, I gave you a little more shocking. I think it's a little more shocking. It's so close, but. I'm going to give you. Power. I also, I a lot of people think Stan is Eminem's best song. I don't think it is. I think Eminem has a couple songs better than Stan. No. Um, know, I'm, just, I'll, I'm going to do a top M song soon. Um, maybe tomorrow. Maybe tomorrow. We'll get it. See. We're going to go. Song Cry versus Shook Ones Part Two. Song Cry. The I'm ninth song. The ninth song of Jay-Z's 2001 extravagant masterpiece, The Blueprint. This was like the most emotional Jay-Z song until 444. The amount of passion, the way he tries to like put his ego aside is so charming. The beat by Just Blaze makes me want to cry. This song has actually almost brought me to tears. It's a song that's almost made me cry. Pretty funny because the name is Song Cry. I'm going Song Cry. This song is another level of master. I'm going Shook Ones is great, though. Shook Ones, I mean, Prodigy spits one of the greatest opening verses of all time, and the entire song is amazing, but I got to go. I got to go song cry. I got to make, hold up. I got to make the song cry. <laughs> that was so necessary to cut me off for that. Thank you. I appreciate it. Um, this was the only one that I could not decide on prior. Um. The story of OJ verse oh by Jay-Z. By Drake. Verse Lupe Fiasco's The Show Goes On. First of all, I love the difference in the songs you picked. You picked one super mainstream appealing hit. The other one is a dark, rich, embedded tale about the roots of racism and the core of how to build up a business as an outsider in a country that has taken groups and try to harm them. I love the difference in the songs you picked. Both sound great. Both are done by two of the greatest lyricists, two of the greatest storytellers of all time. You know what I'm going to pick? You know what I'm going to pick? One is such, like the story of OJ, I think it shows all of Jay-Z's knowledge. If you really wanted to see like the man Jay-Z is in one song, I think that this would probably be the song you pick. You're not getting Jay-Z, the ego, the character. You're getting Sean Carter, the man. You listen to him talk about his experiences. Businessman. Emphasis on the business. He says it. He's not a businessman. Oh, wait, hold on. I'm not a businessman. I'm a businessman. But he's both. I mean, this is the actual businessman, Jay-Z. And I mean, you really, you hear so much about what he says. He says, I'm trying to put a million dollars worth of game into 999, which is one of the most quotable lines, I think, in that entire song. It's such a great line. You want a gram holding but, money to your ear? It is a it's, disconnect. We don't, we don't get that, that money, money over here. here. It, it's a brilliant song. And it really, it points out so many things, teaches lessons. And I think it's one of the most powerful rap songs we've seen in the past five years. So I'm going to go. The story of OJ by a mile, although the show goes on, is a solid Ooh, Lupe fiasco song. That's where I just I'm gonna choose the story of OJ, but it's close. It's this close. Yeah. It's so close. Yeah, it's right I, I, I gotta disagree with you, my friend. It's right yes. there. Um let's see. Uh why don't we go over the one that I 
you couldn't choose. Why don't we go over that one? Oh, which one is this? Oh, oh Santeria okay. by Pusha T versus Nostalgia by Pusha T featuring Kendrick Lamar. This is great. Such amazing songs. Lyrically, top tier. Sonically, top tier. They both talk about meaningful things. They're both super important, and I think they are two of Pusha T's best songs. I think Nostalgia is one of Kendrick Lamar's best features. The more I think about this, as much as I love the feature from Kendrick on Nostalgia, as much as I love Pusha T's verse on Nostalgia, I think the layers of Santeria just beat it out. You start off, you start off with that's a perfectly fine answer. Again, I think this is a toss up and I am going to love to hear what you guys got to think, but I think the layers of Santeria from that glitchy beat in the beginning to the way Pusha T is talking about Santeria, the religious cult, the ideology of what it is, the way he goes into depth, it gets darker in the second half. The beat picks up. It is done so well. The horrifying hook from 070 shake that song might be the best off Daytona. Daytona is literally so good. Daytona is the best seven-song project. Don't tell me Kitsy Ghost is better than it. And I know some of y'all think Kitsy Ghost is a 10, but Daytona is a masterpiece. It is perfect. Maybe yay. We're not sure. We haven't made it a Get the fuck out of here Maybe with that yet. shit. We're not sure. Get the fuck out of here with that shit. <laughs> not, we're talking about Daytona. This man says yay. But um, it's a close one. So be sure to vote because this is probably going to be one of the more contested answers, questions. So, um, yeah, Mr. Justice, what's next? We're going to go with 90210 by our dear friend Travis Scott. Travis or Travis. He, he's watching probably. Smuckers by Tyler the Creator. Two pretty even artists. The two previous episodes – of discography deep dive two amazing visionaries in two different sublanes one has started the you know modern trap art love modern whatever the fuck you want to call it travis scott is the king of modern trap right now you know obviously there's thug and future who've done their own thing but popularity wise travis is the trap guy tyler is the like weird art expression guy these guys are two of the most popular guys out probably right next to kendrick lamar for our generation if i'm being honest these are their best songs, I'd say. These are definitely their best songs. Two of the better rap songs of all time, if we're being honest. I would say 90210 is, I don't, I know you love Smuckers because you you uh, love Kanye West. Kanye verse on Smuckers you is love Kanye probably, West. it's probably his best verse. Tyler goes off. As soon as he comes in, money ain't the motive. What's your name again? Nobody knows it. Don't speak to money me, co-worker. You're not important. But I'm just, you know. Kanye kills it. Tyler kills it. Wayne does his thing. It's a great song overall. 90210, though, the deep, meaningful piece of Travis Scott, his life, talks to his grandmother. One of the most beautiful ways, probably next to the way Jay-Z has done it a couple of times, other people, too, talking to family members through these songs. I love when that, well, I love when rappers do that, when they talk to, especially a deceased family member. It really hits hard. But um, I'm going 90210. The, I'm also going 902. The beat switch on that song is beautiful. And today I was sitting down with my friend. We were kind of, we were decoding some samples earlier because, you know, what else do normal people do on a Sunday afternoon? So we're decoding some samples. And I never realized this, but on 90210, 
on the beat switch, you know, you get those like vocal chops and it's like the, uh, 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 the, you know what I'm talking about? And it's like over the, over the synth line. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm about to yeah. blow your fucking mind. You know what vocals that are, those are from? Yeah, now this is family oh, that's business. Kanye. It is from family business. I yes, never picked up on this. I just called that out before you said it. I just called that out before you Good said it. Good for you. Good for you. Anthony Fantano, we're coming for your job. But that was insane when I heard that today. Two of my favorite songs. Two songs I know like I know the back of my hand, but I never put it together. And it just shows how brilliantly, even though the sample is really not changed at all. It's just really, it's just kind of distorted up. But I never picked up on it. And I'm like, wow, that is insane. But 90210 is a masterpiece of a song. Smuckers is amazing. 90210 is a little better. Why don't we just make one up on the spot, you know? Let's do so this. here's what I got. 444, Jay-Z. We'll go back to the actual song. Um, beautiful song. parties in LA. Yeah, on the spot. Oh, you are doing this to me. You are doing this to me. on the spot. Now, the life of Pablo in 444 are probably my favorite albums in recent memory. I think they're both amazing. I think they're the best, probably two of the better albums to come out in the past five, six years. Two amazing songs. The climaxes of both of these albums. 444, the emotional, apologetic anthem of Jay decoding himself coming to terms with what he's done toasting trying to make it better trying to make the situation the family he's almost torn apart trying to save that he's at his wits this is not the egotistical maniac you've seen for the other 12 albums this is a different man but no more parties in la you get the best rappers of the 2010s decade kendrick lamar and kanye spitting a strong message about the bullshit in celebrity culture, in Hollywood culture, in pop culture, and all the toxicity, these outlets, everything that's destroying, they spit so much real shit that so many people are not ready to hear or are not ready to acknowledge. Over a beat that's made by the one and only Mad Lib. An example from Ghostface Killer's Mighty Healthy, which is one of the best rap songs of the 2000s. As good and as emotional, as heartfelt as 444 is, no More Parties in L.A. is a different monster. But I could see either or. I'm going No More Parties, too. You know, I've been, I've been breaking down all these songs today. We've been, we've been pretty consistent. So how about I name one that I know we're not going to be consistent on? All right. Throw it at me. Here it is. You want to disagree? Gorgeous by Kanye West okay. versus Fear by Kendrick Lamar. Two amazing songs. Fear is a complex piece on Kendrick Lamar's inner mind, his worries. And You're a fear not, hater. You're I'm a fear, a fear hater. hater. I'm real about fear. A lot of the people with damn, they like to analyze it from its scape and its design. And they don't look at it musically. You forget the sonic portion, which is filled with so many awkward moments. And its brilliance holds it up as a great piece of music, but it's a flawed piece of music. And fear is no exception to this. The ugly refrains on the hook. I'm high now. Ha! I'm high now. Come on, man. That's it's a little annoying. It's a little raspy. Gorgeous is peak Kanye, and it's honestly peak hip hop. 
great production. The sample he's pulled that guitar melody through that holds the beat is beautiful. Cuddy's hook, possibly the best of his career, which says a lot. Raekwon's closing verse, beautiful. And then Kanye has these three powerful verses, all connected, all detailed, all painting out themes, inner city corruption, greed within the entertainment business, and everything in between, mental struggles, his struggle with alcoholism. There's so much going on within this song. This might be Kanye's best song. It's up there. It's definitely up there. We were just talking about Roses, but this is also up there. So as good as Fear is in its design, Gorgeous is amazing in every single category possible. I don't see any world where Fear is better. I think you're underrating um, the emotion of Fear um, throughout the song he goes through. I think I heard this the other day that it was actually a Kanye quote. People do everything for two th- for two reasons. The two most powerful factors in life are fear and love, okay? And I think that throughout this song, he beautifully, he beautifully tells you about fear. And he goes through fear at three different points in his life. I can't remember the second one, but I know that the first one is his mom. You remember, I beat your ass, keep talking about I beat your ass. The fear of his mom, can't remember the second one. But the third one is the fear that he faces as an adult right? His fear of losing yeah. creativity, right? And I think that the emotional power that that song holds is more than anything that Gorgeous ever touched. And um, sonically, I can understand what you're talking about, but when it comes well, to the lyricism and when it comes to uh, the power that the song holds, I'm taking fear every day of the week. That's fair, but I think yeah, it has to be judged on all fronts. And I think it does. And I'm with, that's, again, I was saying that's a problem with a lot of damn. And I think, yeah, fear is brilliant the way it talks about these different parts of Kendrick's likes, transitions them into a bigger message. And it has an amazing chilling outro with the, you know, the the damn voice, the narrator. I don't know who it is, but then the goddamn and goddamn way. And then there's the phone call. Cousin Carl. It, it's it's, Cousin it's Carl. great. It's great. But um <laughs> That's actually but, what his name is, bro. In the in the, the album with the the voice the book of Deuteronomy, yeah, it's cousin Carl. No, oh, I didn't know that. That's dope. But um, yeah, I just think that Gorgeous is a better song. But I understand the argument for Fear. I just think as an entire piece, I think Gorgeous is better. So be sure to vote on this because this is a contested one. And from my understanding, we have one more song left in this segment. So throw yes, it at little nice little switch up on you. Queen's Bohemian Rhapsody or Billy Joel's Piano Man? Oh, here he goes. I'm going Piano Man. I think Bohemian I'm going Rhapsody. Man. I think I think Bohemian Rhapsody is an overrated song. I think it has a beautiful opening. I think Freddie Mercury, and I say this all the time, is technically the greatest singer of all time, vocally speaking. I agree. He is amazing. He can hit so many different notes, so many different, you know, you're the singing expert, Mr. Justice. So you know all the terms, technicalities better than me, but the way he can hit all these different pitches, all these different medallies is beautiful. And the first, you know, the opening of this song is beautiful. It's heartfelt, but honestly, like the ending, the second path is just, it's a little weird. And I don't really enjoy it as much as the average person does. On the other hand, Piano Man, Billy Joel is an amazing songwriter and the story he tells the hopeless tale, the hopeless, it's almost, it's the hopeless, hopeful tale. That's I think the perfect way to describe piano man. And then the, the harmonica is just so, so beautiful. It, it's piano man. 
And I, I say that I'm, with gonna go with piano. I'm going piano man here too. I think the storytelling is just maxed out. I'm, I'm um, curious to see what you guys have to say though. So again, all right, so let's move on to the next goals. segment. Tyler, the creator or boom, boom, right, boom, boom, boom. First one, let's face him off against the peer, a good friend. Let's go Tyler versus ASAP rock. Tyler, the creator. Tyler, the creator. I think that one's easy. Yep. Tyler versus Drake. Tyler, the creator. Tyler, the creator. Tyler easy. versus Mac Miller. This is close, and I could see this going either way. Consistency-wise, Max got him beaten out. Max got, got him beaten out. I'm, it's a little late. You know, I mumble my words when I get tired. It's been, it's been a long day for, you know, Mr. Fantastic. But this is a close one. I have praised both of these rappers in the past, especially for their progression, for their growth and development as artists. I think the thing is with Tyler, and I think Tyler is a little, a hair better than Mac. Tyler has the best two projects, in my opinion, out of the two. I think that sets him apart. I think having those peaks is going to beat him out enough because at the end of the day, his lows aren't that low, Tyler. And Mac has a little, you know, some of the earlier work is a little forgettable. It's not bad, but it's nothing to write home about. So what, I'm going to go think, Tyler. Think Bastard or Goblins is? I think Bastard and Goblin are, are good. I think they're all right. I, I just did the ranking. I had them both in the sixes. I think they're solid. I actually think best day ever. I think Blue Side Park are worse projects than anything Tyler's made. But it's close. Right, so, it's very close. So I'm going to go Mac, but I think Tyler will pass him. Rest in peace, yeah. Mac. But, yeah. Um, Mac's great. Moment, moment, I'm taking Mac. That's fair. Yeah, I don't got a problem. Um, next, we have Tyler or Benny the Butcher. I love Benny, but I'm going Tyler. I think there's a certain level of creativity. There's a certain, you know, peak that Tyler's hit that Benny just has not matched. But, you know, this could be a different conversation in a couple of years. I also agree. I want to see if I can get you to vote away from Tyler. Let's go Tyler or Denzel Curry. I'm going Tyler the creator. For the, for the same reasons, obviously. Denzel is great, but I think also Denzel has not hit nearly – the peak that he could hit. I think in five years, this conversation could be completely different. Tyler or Lauren Hill? Ooh, now you got me. Yeah. This, now you stumped me. Now I got to think, because Tyler swept so far for me, and he's only gotten one for you. Let's make this known that he has not heard these before. Um, I have not. Yeah, these are all new. Oh, Lauren Hill. Now, Lauren Hill is such a brilliant artist, one of the greatest female voices in hip hop, one of the greatest voices in hip hop. Solo album, The Miseducation of Lauren Hill, is near perfect. The score with the Fugees is another classic album. The real question is, does she have enough? Is really does what you have enough? The Fugees debut, it's all right. As much as I love Lauren Hill, I'm giving it to Mr. Okra, Tyler the Creator. As off-branded as this is going to sound, uh, I don't even know if it's a good question. Just say it. How about this? I'll ask, I'll ask, do you think Tyler will be better than Tupac? I think Tyler the Creator is better than Tupac. Okay. I think Lauren Hill is better than Tupac. I think a lot of the guy I, – I, listen, I love Tupac. You can see in the corner. I've showed it before. You can't see it because the camera's a little positioned differently, but – I have a Tupac painting hanging up right now in my house. I love Tupac, and he is one of the best to ever do it. He's in my top, you know, 
He's in the top tier of rappers. He's in that range. He hits that, you know, at least the top 50 mark, which a lot of people do not give him credit for. But Tyler, the creator, is a better rapper than Tupac. From a Tyler level. or Badass? Tyler, the creator, with ease. Tyler or Biggie? Ooh, now you got me stumped. Give me Biggie. I'm trying to get him away from Give Tyler, me guys. Give me Biggie. Give okay, me, we got him. Give me Biggie. We'll go one more. We'll go one more. We'll go uh, Tyler or Pusha T. Pusha T. You got me with two. I think Pusha T is just, again, we've talked about Pusha so many times on the show. His level of consistency, it's hard to really beat out Pusha T. And I do think Push has the best album possible. I think he has the top two between them, which, again, sets him apart. Gives him, you know, a big upper end. Biggie, that's the same thing with Biggie, obviously, to a way lesser magnitude. I think Ready to Die is a lot better than anything Tyler the Creator's ever made, as good as Tyler is. And, you know, you throw in a life after death in there. You throw in his features. You throw in his skill. I think, you know, it's enough to beat him out. Yeah. So okay. Tyler, you know, Tyler only took two L's to, for me today. So good for him. Definitely did a lot better than Drake and ASAP Ferg. Do you think he will be better than Biggie? Yeah. Do you I think he will be better I, than Pusher? I'm gonna say I'm gonna say yeah. I wow. think I think Tyler is on the path to do some crazy shit. But if Pusha T and Madlib drop this album, I don't know then. But as of now, I think he could be. I really do think he could be. I think Tyler is one of the most gifted okay. artists of our time. So let me ask you one more thing right here. Is it? Do you think that he can pass either of? Because I know that you think he's the third best in on future, right? I mean, you yeah. have to. Definitely. Do you think that he can pass either of those two? Now, this is tough because you talk about Tyler, the creator, Earl Sweatshirt, Frank Ocean, three of the most gifted artists, especially Earl and Frank. They didn't have the thing is the difference between Earl, Tyler and Frank. Tyler kind of started off with this awkward footing in the beginning. He was not able to, you know, he wasn't great out of the bat. He was okay. He was good, but he wasn't great. Earl came out great. Frank started out great. And so they've kind of had this upper edge on him. But at the same time, these dudes don't drop. So in a world, I could see Tyler eventually surpassing both of them. I think Earl would be the easier target because I don't know how much, you know, what Earl's future in music really is. I don't know if he wants to be a part of this culture anymore. I don't know if he wants to release music. Frank Ocean, I think if Frank Ocean just can, you know, if he's dropping, a, if he's like the next D'Angelo, he's going to drop, you know, a fucking masterpiece every decade, every five years. It's going to be a hard crown to take. Also, I think Igor, which is Tyler, the creator's best album, is marginally worse than some rap songs and Blonde, Tyler, the creator. I mean, Frank Ocean and Earl's best albums. So I think it's it's probable. I mean, it's it's improbable, but possible. Okay. Right? That, that's what we're What's the next uh, segment? Um, so for our next segment, Mr. Anthony, it is the Anthony Justice question of the week. Okay, so favorite let me, time of day. So let me break this down real quick. On the scale of how shit's been going from my Instagram page, <laughs> Anthony underscore dot justice. Basically, how this went was first week, one question. Second week, 35 questions. Third week, four questions. So once again, guys, you want to get name dropped on the show? You want to get shouted out? 
follow Anthony underscore dot justice. Ask a question, you know, because I'm literally deciding between four questions right now. Um, four. Literally four questions. One, two, three, four. On one hand, guys. Um, and the question that I have chosen is uh, imperialmusic.ig says, what are yours and Fantastic's main goals for the podcast? Um, and so I think uh, me and Fantastic have been making uh, marginal strides. And so, so far, what our goals have been, um, we want to pass Quest Love on, uh, on the podcast, the podcast shows, rankings. Yeah. And I then once we do goals. that, we want him to come on our podcast so that way he needs us. And then, and then we're going to take his place on Jimmy Fallon, too. Yes, and then we're going to take his place on Jimmy yeah. Fallon. Number two, then we're going to get Pooh on the show. And then number three, we're going to buy a hockey team. Okay? Those are our goals. Um, you may ask, why hockey, Justice? Justice, why? Why hockey? Justice, um, why the hell are we buying a hockey team? I don't know anything about hockey. Me and Fantastic are invested sports heads. Um, we care too much about our New York Knicks, me, and his San Antonio, Spurs, uh, San Antonio Spurs. Go Spurs, go. My Dallas Cowboys and your... New York Giants, a little New flip. See that? See that? He likes the oh. tech. See? A little oh. flip. See a little oh. flip. And, and then, then we're both Yankee fans. Our New York Yankees. New so York. We're not Yankees. invested into the hockey that much. So we'll go out and we'll buy like the Minnesota Wild. And we're going to build a, a Stanley Cup winning roster. Okay. Yeah, Sleep sure. on us again. We're going to win a Stanley Cup in like 25 years. We could also buy like an MLS team, maybe. No, I want hockey. Okay. I want I want a hockey squad. Listen, I'm down for it. Listen, as long Minnesota as Minnesota grand- Wild, we're coming. As long as it's green, as long as I see green, I'm for it. But the you Minnesota know, Wild are green. We got a long, we got a little well, not a long way, but we got a way, you know. Minnesota is the place to buy you teams. Wanna, you want to get a, a, a Canadian team or an American team? We're gonna get an American team. We stay in the States. All right, so we'll go we'll go Minnesota Wild. Uh yeah. Maybe uh no, we can't buy it. We, we won't have enough to buy a California team. We got to think. I think Minnesota's got to be our best bet. I think we're, maybe, I think we got to, I think we got to get to the point where we can buy these teams. Maybe the New Jersey Devils. Not bad. We could turn that team around. We could, and we, we, we can still live, you know, at the Fantastic Hip Hop headquarters. Right. But we'll um, go to New Jersey Devils. That's the goal. So you have a question or. That was the question. That was the question. That was the only one we're doing. All right. What are our goals? All right. What, do you have any extra goals you would like to add? Because you did ask both of us. Um, I want to meet Drake. I want to eat cake. Word, word. And I want to. I want to. I want to beat Jake. Yeah, I want to beat Jake. Beat J. Cole in a rap battle. J. Cole, I'm challenging you right now for my people in the live. You heard I can out-rap J. Cole. So you better come face-to-face on the Fantastic Hip Hop Podcast and let me out-rap you, Mr. J. Cole. I'm kidding. Um, You're actually a very talented lyricist, and I have a post talking about one of your greatest freestyles ever, and it really shows that you are a student of the game and a real MC. But guess what? 
Now we're going to be going on to Mr. Fantastic's questions of the week. Oh, they're not as good questions. Fuck you. We are going to be going through <laughs> these questions, seeing what everyone's got to say. And our first question is from my boy from Compton, Jay Santana 03, repping it out there on those West Coast streets. Now he's saying, Mr. Fantastic, this isn't a question, but fuck rap for stealing Fantastic's content. And I agree. Fuck Rap TV. One of their spies is probably watching this. Now listen, Rap, I told you, if you want a worker to help your company, I'm taking applications. As long as you can let me still do this. Maybe we can do a merger, whatever. Just tell me some green and I'll think about it. But you're, come you're on. You're picking off a lot of powerful people. You're, you were taking shots at Eminem the, uh, the other week. Now you're taking shots at Rap TV. I mean... You mean I don't know cock- if we have the, the reinforcements. I will say this. Hit out on them. I will They're say this. You you will not meet a cockier motherfucker with 14,000 followers than me. But fuck rap TV for stealing my post because I am providing the culture. And I'm pumping fuck this. XXL. I'm pumping. Yeah, XXL. You stole my yearbook post a couple months ago. Go fuck yourselves too. Who was the other one? There was other. I can't even think there's so many shit. Bars back in the day. No, not bars. I don't know. Some other shit fucking Instagram account. They stole one of my posts back before I was even like Mr. Fantastic, just when I was a young boy with red hair making rap posts. But this shit's crazy. You stole my post. You just screenshotted it, cut it out, and put your shit caption, which was my caption. Fuck you. A rap tag TV. would be appreciated. Fuck you. If you just time. said credits, if you just said credits, Fantastic Hip Hop, which you clearly got it from me. It would not be a problem. Credit the work. Credit the creators. It's not that hard. Yo, we should sue them. Uh, you know, if there was a way, we would. How is there not a way? I'll, I'll gotta... speak. Listen, I will speak to my legal team, but I don't know if we can get anything. The copyright laws are such a mess in this country. It, it's really hard to really actually get a lawsuit through. But, um, you know, fuck rap tv and so every time i make a podcast i make a checklist of everything i want to talk about and i did have fuck rap tv written on my checklist so i just checked it off and that was in the fan question so we just killed two burns with one stone one more time one more time for the people in the back fuck, fuck rap, rap tv, TV. oh synchronized who the fuck you think you are now this is a question from j roots 444 and he is saying top 10 subgenres now 10 is a lot so we ain't gonna do 10 right now you know 10 is the big fantastic list that's something else but what do you think the best subgenre in hip-hop is i can start i'll I'll start this one oh actually i'd like to submit one before people think that i'm copying fantastic jazz rap is in the top five thing is there's there's I feel like with subgenres of hip hop, they all kind of some a lot of them overlie within each other. No, that's it's a tough it, so it's a very weird debate. Like I'll just be like, oh, this is gangster rap. I'll be like, nah, it's coke rap, you fucking asshole. I'm like, oh, it's the same fucking shit. They're talking about drugs and guns. Like the fuck. There's what? also a lot because I feel like conscious hip hop is considered a subgenre. It, it it's like jazz rap too. And that's what I'm saying. So like, if you took yeah, the yeah. Of butterfly, that's jazz rap, and conscious. But it's also conscious. That's the thing. And so, so this is my other thing. So this is how we're going to divide this. There are vocal subgenres. So conscious rap and I don't know, like mumble crap, mental health rap, I guess you'd say. There is subgenres that rely on a subject being talked about to push that forward. 
And then there is sonic subgenres. So, you know, experimental hip hop that focuses on the experimental sounds where abstract hip hop focuses on the abstract ideas. It's, you know, there's two different levels of all these different subgenres. So you have your vocal subgenres and your sonic subgenres. So, you know, jazz rap, trap, those are your sonic components. But then you have your vocal sides. There's a gray area. It gets pretty messy. But yeah. I'm just going to ask you, so you think jazz rap is the best subgenre? Uh, if we're talking about conscious as a whole. like It's, it's conscious, kind of, yeah. I would, I would take conscious. Yeah. But if we're taking the sonic sounds, I'm taking jazz rap. One I agree. thousand. I agree. Jazz rap. I agree. I think jazz, experimental, I think are definitely the top two. But I think um, conscious hip hop, whether that's an experimental sounding album, whether that's a mainstream sounding album, it gives you a certain ceiling, a certain level to go in depth in poet issues that we're suffering in the real world. And, you know, in person commentary from people living through these events and top tier poetic storytelling. Do you consider mental health rap the same as emo rap? No, emo rap is different. It, it's again, it's it's all fucked I up. Think, I'd say conscious rap is definitely because rap. if I say emo rap, people like are like, oh, the little peep is in yeah. that genre. Yeah, and then I'm like, yeah, but I also really liked it when X was in there, and I was yeah, I was vibing with emo rap. Yeah. So um, I'm saying con. We're both pretty much saying conscious, but it's a it's a very weird to- topic, and also. Some of you fuckers on Instagram make up your own fucking genres and say the dumbest shit, and it makes me want to slap the fuck out of some of you. I'm not trying to be oh, aggressive. We're going to get comments but, on this, and, and they're going to be sitting there like, you guys were missing rock rock rap. No, it's like, it's like, it's like where is hyper melody artistic hip rock? Like, do you guys just take words and throw them together and act like you're fucking smart? It's actually ridiculous, the shit I see on people's Instagram stories. Just... Let's just get normal. Like I wish there was like a, a like an association of hip hop that kind of just like declared things and made things easier. So some of you sh- fucking schmucks out there didn't fucking think you are the defier. And if someone says a minor difference in your subgenre canon, you flip out. But How all music has worked out is somebody knows one thing and then they declare and they base their entire music ideas off of that one thing. So if they know. If they once learned how to play the cello in eighth grade, they are now the master of it. They hear a cello on a Kendrick Lamar song. Oh, did you know that that cello, uh, he's playing a, an E-flat minor. And <laughs> when he strums it one way, he's replicating Johann Sebastian Bach. And I hate that shit. You don't know anything about music if you do that shit. Where you know one thing and you try and you to... It's like you're a... Yeah, pretentious motherfuckers suck. Also, motherfuckers who make topsters, you know, the giant collages of albums, which you guys see on like everyone's stories and think they have a superiority complex because they put these weird cloud rap albums in. You guys can also go fuck yourselves. But on to the next question from our friend, Sean. We're now light and happy and lively after we got us. You know, it's 2.44 in the morning and this thing is going to drop at 1 p.m. So, you know. Fuck rap TV and fuck the people that put cloud uh, cloud rap albums in comments. But we're going to still, you know, keep on mushing here. Sounds about right. So, Sean Darty says. Sean Darty says, if you're stuck on an island with one rapper, who would you want to be on it with? Uh, Tyler the Creator. He'd like eat you or just make you laugh till you go insane. That's what I'm saying, bro. If I'm gonna be on that island with somebody, 
I don't want to be on it as much as I love Kendrick. If you said one rapper's music, I'm taking Kendrick Lamar. But if you want me to sit on that island with Kendrick and he sits here and is like, listen, man, did you know that John the Apostle sat on an island for 342 days without food? Kendrick. As he spoke to the as he spoke to God about whether or not he'd go to heaven or hell. No, I'd rather Tyler say here like, yo, I brought a coconut back. <laughs> yo, look at this shit. I brought a I found bananas up in that tree, but it I just don't know how to get up there. I think I think Kendrick already is like sitting on an island somewhere. So like he'd just be like, Yeah, so. like, I'm just having fun. But like, I yeah, prefer- Tyler would be fun. Oh, I wouldn't craft a canoe. I wouldn't <laughs> want to be on an island with YMW Melly. Um, Fair enough. I'm trying to think. Who would I want to be on an island on? I think my Tyler the Creator pick is a perfect pick. That's somebody I can live out the rest of my days with. You know, this is tough. One rapper. It's a question that is so, you know, far-fetched from reality, but you're really challenging me to think. Yo, I found a cave back there about a mile deep. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to say one rapper. Give me. You ready? Yeah. Give me Freddie Gibbs. That's fair. This guy, he's funny and he is a street legend. So he has survived. So he knows what he's doing. Yeah, the, the fantastic hip hop doesn't miss. He's, he is fan. He is the spokesperson for when I don't miss. And I mean, we just have a great time. We'd make some laughs, try to find our way out, and you know, it would be something interesting. I'm taking my Tyler the Creator humor over uh, over uh, Freddie Gibbs. Freddie, Freddie, there are two different types of funny. I think Freddie, Freddie's like a comedian. Tyler's funny without like. Like Tyler's funny because of what he does. Freddie's funny because he what is said, what he says. Wasn't it, did he get into the fight with what was it? Academics. Yeah, I could tell you. That was hilarious. He was selling shirts that said "Academics a bitch," and it was Academics as a Teletubby. Also, he tweeted out today. He was like, you know, like at least I didn't lose the Grammy to Macklemore. <laughs> <laughs> I did see that, bro. This dude is is so funny. Um, we have a final question. Final question for today from my boy Nito. My boy Nito, most influential producers of each decade. Oh, I can't. So, 80s, Dr. Dre, pretty simple. That's easy. 90s, I'm gonna go DJ Premier. Yeah, I was gonna say Premier. Now it looks like a copy. 2000s, I'm gonna say Jay Dilla. Oh, I'm gonna say Kanye West. Fuck, I'm gonna say Kanye West. Fuck. I may have to change. Oh, I'm going to say Kanye West, but I want to say Dilla. And 2010s, I'm going to go Mr. Metro Boomin. Oh, he said most influential. Yeah. Yeah. So I think you hit that one over the head. Ray, Premier, Kanye. Yeah. I don't think there's anything else you can do. As much as I like to slide my boy, like, I think. When you say best, it's very different. It's different. It's a completely different world talking about the best, but the people who change the ways, the people who set the trends, the people I love, who, I know, love some of my people. underrated producers. Of Whenever course. we talk about producers, I always try to slide my boys, my Dean, no ID in there. Yeah, You'll always. Yeah. They're they are some of the best to ever do it, but I think you know the impact that Dre had, setting that stone, setting the blueprint intact for West Coast hip hop. 
DJ Premier really modernized a lot of hip hop, but I can see RZA also for the '90s. I think RZA did a lot more with sampling. I would say Premier though. I might have to go RZA. That that the '90s is definitely the closest one. Oh, Kanye definitely. runs. Kanye runs with the 2000s, and Metro Boomin runs with the 2010s because they both, you know, they elevated hip hop to new surfaces, new levels. But um, you know, those are our questions of the week. Be sure to submit questions next week to see if you'll be featured. Thank you to everyone for submitted. Shout out to Jay Santana. He told me, you know, um, he asked me a great question and he was represented from the West Coast. Can we post that island question? Can we put a poll up? Who would we you will. rather be on an island with? That would be a funny yes. one. I think, I think, I will bet money on people pick Tyler the Creator. Oh, I think, yeah, a lot of people will pick Tyler. He's one of the most, you know, beloved personalities in hip hop. Speaking of Tyler the Creator, Tyler the Creator has probably been the MVP of this episode. We did Tyler the Creator or came up in a lot of questions. And, you know, he's a popular guy, and we're going to bring him up in our weekly If we had to do MVPs of each of our episodes, what is it? Episode episode two is definitely Eminem. No, Static Select. Oh, Static Select. He was the fucking star of the episode. But we talked a lot about Drake in that episode, too. No, Drake was the third when we did Drake the second. Oh, you're right, Drake. So Drake, Drake is like the star of the series. I think Eminem's also been really big. In Drake and Eminem are two big guys. Um, I think Mr. Fantastic also, you know, super. And then Joster, Anthony Justice too. But um, you know, we are going to be yelling at each other over our weekly hypothetical now, which is our final segment oh. for today. So I hope you guys have enjoyed this beautiful hour, over an hour. I really lost track of how long this is. Experience sitting down with the two sexiest men in the world, talking about hip-hop, two of the most intellectual, insightful individuals in the world of talking about hip-hop. I hope you guys have enjoyed this, but we're not done yet. I'm definitely not, too. That's all I'm We got one more question or hypothetical We've talked about rap battles. We've talked about what albums you'd rather get. We are going to stay in the realm of what album you would rather receive. Would you rather see a Top Dog Entertainment album? So, you know, a group, you know, the Top Dog crew, Kendrick, Isaiah, J-Rock, SZA, Lance Skywalker, Sir, Reason, you get it, Absol, Schoolboy, they all come together. And they make an album showcasing their skills as a group. Or would you rather see Odd Future reunite and make a group album? So, you know, you get all the old boys back. Domo, Haji Beats. You get Jasper Dolphin. Jasper Dolphin. Everyone. Everyone's coming in. Jasper, Sid, um, Earl, Frank. The internet's all again here. You get all this. I think as good as the Top Dog artists are, and I think Top Dog is a better camp, I think Odd Future is going to give you a better product. I think coming back together, rekindling that chemistry, seeing the the heights, the peak that guys like Tyler, Earl, and Frank has, I think you're going to get an experience like no other. And the way they're going to be able to connect through these weird patterns, you know, we've seen Tyler, Frank, Earl especially, but a lot of the guys, the internet, the way they're going to be able to fuse their sounds together it's going to be weird as fuck, but it's going to be so beautiful, so awesome, and I'd expect to cry and have a lot of laughs. It's going to be a fun album and an amazing experience. The TDE one would be great too, but I think Odd Future just hits a different level collectively. Here's what I'm going to say. I think that if TDE goes in the trap direction, I'm going to take Odd Future. Obviously. However, 
if they're doing, if they're on they shit, if they're on they shit, all I'm going to say is, is that when Kendrick is there, who does that always enhance? Who's the one that? Zakari. No, no, no. Oh, well, actually, Zakari, yes. I actually, Zakari is only good when he's with somebody else. Mr. However. Mr. J-Rock. Mr. J-Rock has never underperformed when with Kendrick. Never. J-Rock usually, J-Rock usually outperforms Kendrick when they go. That's out. what I'm saying. J-Rock never. bodied him on Money Trees. Same a lot of other moments. moments. A lot trees, of the Black trees, Hippie yeah. songs, too. J-Rock has really, really showed out when he's, when he's next to Kendrick. Schoolboy yeah. Q, I always expect to do his sort of thing. I've never been super excited about it. But <laughs> you take Kendrick, you elevate J-Rock because you put Kendrick in there. I told you everybody knows how I feel about Isaiah Rashad. I think he's ridiculously talented. He does what he always does. Um, I don't know how they'll do without a concept if they're just rapping for fun. Um, but, I mean, I'd love to hear. I think Kendrick. it'll be a fun album. Yeah, I think it would be an um, an amazingly fun album. Yeah. When you put all that talent together, I think that the Odd Future album relies on three people. And don't get me wrong, uh, I mean, you could shrug at that, but I think that that's really what it is. It relies think, on three I people. I think the soul of it is that three people, but I think all the complementing members are a big part of it. And I think yeah. they are, they don't get, you know, enough due credit. But. And by the way, I. No disrespect to Frank Ocean because that man can sing and he can rap. Frank Ocean can do everything. So I don't want to make it look like I'm disrespecting Frank in any way, shape, or form. I don't know how Earl would perform collaboratively with the rest of the group. That's fair. With the rest of the group, um, especially since he's super experimental. He likes to lay low. Um, But um, I think that would really be a Tyler and Frank-driven project. Whereas I think if you're looking at a TDE project, you're getting a more cohesive collective idea that is Kendrick Lamar rapping for fun, which we rarely see, but it's always amazing. Every single time he does it, it's always awesome. Okay. You take that. Then you take Isaiah Rashad, who is also a ridiculously talented rapper. You take a different sound with Schoolboy Q, also really talented. J-Rock, as we just talked about, always elevated. SZA is great, amazing. Doesn't get enough people to talk about it. She's fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And she's on the hooks. Same with Zakari. You could throw Zakari in there. The R&B, TDE's got a lot of good singers. I don't know. I just think the versatility of the future is I think what this is right now is, comparatively speaking, it's the the 79, uh, the 71 and 9 Warriors versus LeBron James. Weren't they 73 and 9? 73 and 9. Why did I say 71 and 9? 73 and 9 Warriors, which is just a deeper, deeper team that has a lot more talent and probably the MVP versus Kyrie, who is probably Tyler. Uh, uh, What's his name? LeBron James. I don't know how I just forgot LeBron James. LeBron James, who is Frank Ocean, and then Kevin Love, who's Earl Sweatshirt. But and that's what we're realistically. I, I think realistically, I think TDE is. I don't know. I don't know how the entire TDE camp can come together and formulate something as good as they are as individual artists. I think Odd Future has a certain. I don't know if they can. Either. That's why a certain said. level of collaborating that I think that they kind of can mesh better together. It's definitely an interesting debate. But if we're and taking the best 
that I know that TDE can do versus the best that I know that out of future can do. I'm going to take the best that TDE can do. It's fair. Thing is, I too, I mean, we haven't seen, I mean, we saw the TDE camp in some sort of powerful form in the Black Panther soundtrack, but that obviously wouldn't be, you know, the names, there was a lot of outsiders on that, but whatever. We haven't seen Odd Future remotely together in so long, but I don't know. I think you just throw in a lot of those players. I think they're able to do it, but it's definitely an interesting question. It's a I think that my analogy is perfect. I think it's, I think it's I, the Cavs. I, I don't, I disagree with it. I disagree with it completely. I think, I, just I don't, think, I look, Earl is good, but I just don't think I Earl think, is going to be great in that environment. I think TDE, though, I think in this debate is the star power team. I think they're very star reliant. I think they're, That's what I'm they're star deeper. started roster, they're deeper. but they're, but I think, I don't know. I think Odd Future is the team here. I think Odd Future is the team. They're the chemistry group that's going to rely on helping out each other over, you know, one performing amazing each moment, if you get what I'm saying. So that's why I don't really agree yeah, with the Once again, I mean, you're going to need somebody to carry you, and that's going to have to be Frank and Tyler. But there's only so far that they can. I think it would be a great album. Don't get me wrong. But once again, we're comparing it against another album that I feel would be even better. So like you're, yeah. there's only so far that Frank and Tyler can really carry you. They and have a good supporting cast though. I think it's, not, the are overrating the best indie acts. I think they're underrated. Haji Beats has went on to you know have a solid career doing a lot of under the radar stuff, and I think same with Domo Genesis. Like he's done a lot in the underground. I think they have a solid group, and I think they can really be able to pull it through. I don't think we're gonna sway each other's minds though. So. Everyone, you know, again, this has been the episode of polls. We have like 50 songs one, posted. Which one do you well, think is more likely to drop? If in theory, I don't think either of them are, but which one do you think is more likely to drop? Probably the TDE one. If I'm being honest, I think a TDE compilation probably over this. Cause I just think that that's realistic at this point. I don't know. Odd Future odd is a little too odd. They're doing odd, their own odd, shit. Odd Future is really nothing more than a clothing brand anymore. So I just don't see that happening. But, um, you know, be sure to vote. We have like 50,000 polls, including if Anthony should cut off his beard, which yeah. is a serious, a serious question that's going to affect the man, you know. Guys, this is important. Okay, so, take this one the most serious that you can. Put in a third poll that says shave, keep, or goatee. Ooh. I can do it. I can do like a question so people Ooh. can pick on whatever. But, um, you know, that will be something. And... I want to thank everybody now for tuning into this episode. We are four episodes in. We are going to be hitting the charts back. I'm sure of it. And we are only going to be continuing to achieve more greatness. If you haven't, make sure to enter my giveaway with the canvas, Don. Shout out to Donovan. We are giving away a Lego Kanye West, my beautiful dark twisted fantasy minifigure. These things are super exclusive. They are super hot. Everyone is trying to get these figures. There is one of Kanye West. Frank Ocean, Tyler, the creator, The Weeknd, Kobe Bryant. They're very limited. They're hard to get. He did a drop with Static Selecta and Joey Badass for things. There is a lot. And these are kind of like the new fad right now. These collectible pieces, they're Legos. Who doesn't love Legos? If you don't love Legos, get the fuck out of here. But they're beautiful, you know, display pieces. They're beautiful cased. Check my post out. Enter the giveaway. All you got to do is follow me and at the canvas, Don, and like the post. So you really don't got to do much. And you can get something for free. So, you know, be sure to enter that. And again, 
All proceeds to this video will be going towards DMX's memorial, and we will be donating that over there. I'm not sure what the exact fund or thing I'm is, sure but there's something we're gonna we're gonna get it there. And I want to thank New York. Well, you live in New York. Yeah, well, we both live in New York. Yeah, but we'll find out. We'll figure. Well, it out. We'll, we're gonna figure this out. But um, you know, again, DMX, rest in peace. We love you, and everyone. Thank you for tuning in. I think this has been a probably our second longest episode but um you know another beautiful another great episode of the books thank you for tuning in mr fantastic signing out peace Peace.